Welcome back, everyone, to the Authentic as Fuck podcast. My name is Sun. I'm a marketer and storyteller. And in this podcast, I help members of my community, Night Owl Nation, with any kind of storytelling, brand, uh, branding, uh, marketing, or entrepreneur uh, advice. So today we have Natalia. Welcome, Natalia. Hi, Sun. Welcome, everyone. It's great to be hey, here. Hey, so yeah, can you give us a quick intro, like about where you're, where you're from, what you do, like your background? Sure. I'm a teacher. I have over 17 years of teaching experience. I teach people how to learn. <laughs> Learning how to learn is what I'm really passionate about. And practically, in practical terms, I teach people native-like fluency. I don't like to say that I teach people English, but I teach at a master's level. How do you, you, I will never become a native speaker. I was born in Kazakhstan, born and raised in Kazakhstan. I will never become a native speaker. But achieving native-like fluence is a very feasible task because I have partners and clients and friends all over the world, and I want to be understood, and I value these relationships a lot. Oh, that's awesome. I, I should probably be asking you a lot of questions. I'm trying to learn how to <laughs> learn how to like I'm learn I want to learn how to teach by like kind of kind of getting people excited about learning I guess right I fundamentally like believe that every great teacher must be a good learner if you're not a good learner you can't pass this knowledge because you need to have it in order to give it to others exactly yeah so, so I, it would be an interesting <laughs> it'll be an interesting conversation so where do you want to start do you have um a specific thing you want to ask me or talk about you know, when I uh, applied to be on your podcast, I asked a specific question, and I think this question is still in my mind. The question is how to use your tool, because I'm here in this community because I also want to learn storytelling, how to use storytelling to explain innovative ideas to, to the masses, let's say. Uh, let me explain. So I teach at a master's level, as I said. I teach people how to learn, but most people have different immediate needs. So learning how to learn is a very abstract concept to them. But my goal is to make people understand that we're learning the wrong way. So I want, we need to change how people learn. Otherwise, even the next two generations are going to be totally messed up. So mm -hmm. we are learning the wrong way. And these ideas seem so abstract to people and so not important while in reality, it is very important. For example, people don't really know how to learn. They expect to be taught. They expect somebody to sit in front of them and, and teach them. Okay, teach me. I'm paying you the money. Please teach me. And they think that they just absorbing information or consuming information counts as learning. It's not learning. Or what a lot of ed tech companies do, well, they know that people find well, that learning is difficult. It's hard. And... People don't really like the idea of applying a lot of effort. So what they do is they gamification is what they do. So instead of making it difficult, let's make it fun. But you're never going to master a skill if it's fun all the time. Oh, I see what you mean. You know, but I guess um... love this idea. You know, oh, it's fun. It's not difficult. But <laughs> but it's never going to be fun. I mean, you're never going to master a skill if you don't practice it. If you all you do is just have fun. Maybe like. When they hear gamification, they hear like, oh, we need to make it easier and fun. But that's not like, because when I hear gamification, that's not how I think of it. Because like the most fun games are actually really difficult. 
If it's easy, it's not fun, right? So for me, how I've lear always learned things, I 100% agree with you, by the way, first. Um, I don't think people can be taught. They can <laughs> learn, <laughs> but I don't think they can be taught. Like, for example, let's say I want somebody to learn how to code, like learn object-oriented programming, right? For, for I can sit there and teach, hey, here's object-oriented programming. You need to create these objects, uh, turn them into classes, and then each class does this, and this is what... Nothing is going to go in their ear. Like, they're just going to be like, what's the point of learning this? It's kind of like when you go to a math class and you learn trigonometry. And it's like, what is the point of learning this? Why do I need to learn Pythagorean theorem? Like, that's kind of how we think and we just memorize, right? But for me, how I've learned and how I've always taught other, like, my, for example, my team, is I just give them a task, right? And your task is to make this login work, login functionality mm -hmm. work. And now they need to go and figure out, okay, how can I make this login functionality work? How can I do this? And now in order to do that, they need to learn object-oriented programming. They need to learn these things that's going to achieve that goal. But I, I always found that unless there's like a goal you're trying to achieve, like you're not going to actually learn. So one of the things that I do, like in my, like, I don't know if you noticed, but one of the things I do in my storytelling class and I did this in my Domestica class, is I just have them write a story first, right? And yeah. then they write a story. And then they're like, oh, but I, I don't really have an idea here. I don't know how this connects to it. Like, they bump into all these problems now, right? And yeah. then I go back and I say, okay, like, where's the five-second moment? Where's the before and after? Where's the Like, I start pointing out all the things that you were stuck on. Yeah, then they'll like practice. then they'll actually listen mm -hmm. and they'll want to try to learn that thing but until yeah. there's like a goal they're trying to achieve i feel like nobody will actually learn like nobody will learn a skill for the sake of just learning that skill they'll only learn that skill if they can apply that skill towards a goal that they want to achieve something like that always change so if you want to learn something you probably want to apply it in your life that's why you're learning it yeah so here's the example right for example, <laughs> at Night Owl Nation, what I'm actually trying to teach people is critical thinking. But if I went out and I say, hey, guys, I'm here to teach you critical thinking, <laughs> then nobody's actually going to be like, people are going to be like, I don't need that. Right. But what I say is, I'm going to teach you storytelling. Right. That like mm -hmm. this is going to. And then but in order to do storytelling, you need to learn these things. Right. But I, I'm finding now that even that's not working. So I need to go back even further and I say, I'm teaching you, I'm going to teach you how to grow your Instagram. Because <laughs> that's something they actually want. Because <laughs> a lot of people are like, ah, I, I, I think I'm pretty good at storytelling. Like, uh, a lot of people don't realize what, what they're missing, right? So, but then yeah, if I say... They're not aware of their reality, yes. Yeah. So what I might have to do is I, I might have to say, hey... I'm going to teach you how to grow Instagram. But in order to grow Instagram, you need to post every day. And if you post every day, what you're going to realize is it's not getting any views. But when you when you know how to like write that content or do storytelling and write it in a certain way, that's going to get more views. But in order to do that, you need to <laughs> come up with you need ideas to share in order to do that. So how do you come up with those ideas is you need to critically think and so I need to somehow work backwards. And if you want to teach people critical thinking, so basically what yeah. you're doing is you're trying to teach people to use the skills that they don't have yet. And that's difficult. 
So let me explain. Uh, when it comes to learning, well, critical thinking is a meta skill. Most people, when it comes to learning, they want to learn a hard skill. And everything that's sold around the world yeah. and all, all the ed tech startups, they sell the idea of learning a hard skill. It's easy to measure. You can get there in five months. We're going to give you a certificate. You're all set. It's a hard skill. But the problem with hard skills is that they're forgotten so easily. If you do uh, an English test, let's say, it's also a hard skill. You can put it on your resume, but you have to do this test every two years to prove that you still have it. Then we have soft skills, communication skills. They're not as easy to measure. They're more difficult to measure, but still they're measurable. And they're, you, you have to, they're easily forgotten if they're not practiced frequently. And what I teach is meta skills, higher order skills. Critical thinking is one of them. Attentiveness. That's focus. a soft skill? No, these are meta skills. Critical thinking no, no. is not a soft what's skill. The, what's the difference? Yeah. Public speaking is a soft skill. Presentation skills. This is a soft skill. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Even leadership. They call it a soft skill, but it's probably not. Everything around communication is a soft skill. But how you think, how you process information, how you analyze, how you pay attention, what you pay attention to, how you memorize, how you manage your attention. All these things are meta skills. And the beauty about meta skills is that they are permanent. Once you learn them, you've learned them, they're yours forever. So when you try people to use meta to use a meta skill, critical thinking, so that they learn storytelling, they're going to be confused because they, they don't have it. So they probably have it developed at 5%. Some have it developed at 15%. Your job is to help them develop it to 100%. The problem with meta skills is that, as you said very correctly, if somebody says, join the workshop, I'm going to teach you meta skills, run away. <laughs> it's not possible to teach these skills in an, like just in an abstract workshop. It's not that you can't have a theory class on meta skills. They can be mastered only if they're like, if you're teaching people or if people are learning a practical skill. What I do is I help people master those skills by teaching them communication skills in a foreign language. You need to give them something practical. For example, in your case, it's storytelling, but you need to, you need to know what they're doing, what you're doing, what they're doing and how these skills function. Um, and, and that's actually my problem. <laughs> and, it's difficult to explain to people that it matters. They want to grow their Instagram. They want to tell good stories, but they are not aware of the fact that it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes iterations. You, like what you do every week in the community in Night All Nation is beautiful, but still so many people complain about, oh, we're doing it again, next, again, again. But actually that's necessary. Every time you tell the same story again, you look at it differently because it, yeah. It's a scientific fact. A person looking at a new information can only see 15% of that information. The next time they look at it, they see 15% more. And people expect that they can read a book and think they know how to live. Yeah. They attended a class or a workshop. Oh, I know everything. Yeah. And that's what's difficult for me. Like, to So what do you think is, um, how do you think people learn meta skills? Like, okay, first of all, <laughs> are people learning meta skills? In, in everyday life. Absolutely. They're learning them in everyday life. Every time you want to figure out how to get to work, I'm going to use this route or I'm going to take a bus or a train. You're analyzing, you're planning, you're already applying your meta skills. Every time you travel and you're alone in a new country, you have to figure things out. So yes, you're developing, you're developing your meta skills. So Trial, like, yeah. can you give me an example? Like if I'm going to work and I'm trying example, to analyze, what's the meta skill there? 
you go to work every day you take a bus right to go yeah. to work and then tomorrow there's a strike or construction works or and then the bus is not going anywhere so you need to figure out how to get to work mm-hmm. and you you have to <laughs> that's so what's the, the what's the let's 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 break that planning. down so what planning. is the yeah planning is what, what is that what's going on okay so you have to plan so when people learn metacognitive strategies well the there are three of them. You have to plan how you're going to approach the exercise. And most people have no idea. I'm just going to jump in and then I'm going to get all frustrated and disappointed. Oh, I can't do it. I'm lazy. But they never plan. How are we going to do this exercise? Which includes where are you going to sit? In which room? Uh, how much time do you factor it? Do you need to factor in? Do you need a glass of water? Like you have to prepare your environment. You have to plan accordingly. And most people have no idea how they function, what they need to learn, how much time mm. they need, but they assume that they can do it quickly or as quickly as Maybe someone. it's like being able to see, maybe being being able to see like the different case scenarios and saying like, oh, if I, if I take this route, this is going to happen. Yeah, if yeah. I go, if I leave a little bit early, then this, but if I leave too early, <laughs> then I'm going to be waiting when I get there. Like yeah, having, yeah. having that cognitive like, because yeah, so here, here's a good example, right? Mm-hmm. So one thing I talk about is, okay. So I always say storytelling is critical thinking. Like I'm what I'm te- really underneath teaching critical thinking. So I might put out a content, a story like this. Uh, all the way on the surface level, what people are saying is, hey, um, here's a good quote. Don't try to be interesting. Try to be interested, right? Or like, or another way people will say it is like, be present in your in the meeting, or don't, you know, rather than trying to like impress people, um, don't try to be impressive, or just be present and listen. Or, or some people might say it as like in sales meetings, you know, don't try to like don't talk, but listen. Listen is more important than t- talking. Or like all these different things people say on the top, but underneath that layer. I don't think most people really understand what that means and why they should be doing it, right? So Especially once you, if they've never been in a sales meeting, they will never be able to understand that. Yeah, but even if they've been in a sales meeting, because I know a lot of people, like me, myself. Yeah. So here's like a critical thinking part. I used to go to sales meetings all the time and I would do some research on the company before and I would go in and I'd say, okay, I'm going to mention that, oh, oh, this company got acquired by this other company two years ago. So I'm going to mention that to impress them, to show them I've been doing research. And I'm going to, I'm going to show them all, all these awards that I want. And I'm, I'm trying to constantly impress them with the amount of knowledge that I have, right? Thinking that that's what I need in order to sell. Now, when I was hiring a copywriter from one of my clients, when we started interviewing people, what happened was these copywriters were coming to us and every they were they were doing the same thing to me. The copywriters like, oh, we should write the we have to you have to write the copy this way because this is the X blah blah blah. And they were trying to impress me with all of but in the in the midst of them trying to impress me, I I was in my head I was thinking like, oh, but that's not gonna work for my audience because yes. for Baptist Yoga, these audience actually hates that language. They hate the way that those marketers, you know, the the copywriters you know the copywriter language and all of that and i was trying to explain that like okay like our audience is like this blah 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 blah, blah. but it was like they weren't they weren't listening because they were so focused on impressing yeah. me by talking about themselves 
that they made me feel like I'm not important. They made me feel like they're not really listening to me. And that's when I realized that, oh my gosh, I was actually doing the same thing as that, what that guy was doing when I go into the sales meeting, right? And that, okay, so now that I, when I explain that, for some reason, when I explain it like that, everybody's like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. That's so true. Like, because everyone's been in that conversation where everyone was just focused on talking and not listening, right? But then they don't understand that they're also doing that in a sales yeah. meeting. So, but then I can't, I can't teach. Okay. <laughs> so, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, if you want to tell stories, if you want to be good at storytelling, you need, or I just told you a story. Yes. And the point of that story is to make you see something that you didn't see before. But in order to be able to even tell that story, you have to experience it first <laughs> and understand that that's what's happening, which is what most people don't understand. So unless you've already been here, you can't tell a story about it and therefore you can't grow Instagram. <laughs> That's why, yeah, that's why that's <laughs> why can be only taught if you practice something, not if you talk about something, not if you learn something from a book or from a webinar, but if you really do something, practice it. Attending workshops is not practice. Like really posting things, writing things, contacting people, go into those sales meetings with a coach or with a can mentor. I, yeah. Can I say something? I think somebody could be in that exact same scenario that I was in and still not connect those thoughts. Like yes. somebody could have been in a interview, somebody could have been in a situation where they're selling themselves and then in a situation where they're being sold to and still not connect those thoughts to be like, oh, wait a minute. Am I doing the same thing that this salesperson is doing to me when I'm selling? You can't influence that. Everybody is at a, at a different level. As I said, somebody has these skills at 5%, somebody has them at 35%. You can't influence that. So everybody needs a different amount of time to get there, to connect the dots. I have been in these situations many times, the ones that you're describing. So you think repetition? Like if you've been no, in I've been in situations many times. like this. No, when I started my career, I also tried to impress people a lot. But what I learned and what I'm teaching right now uh, is <laughs> I had to teach myself to be prepared to be not prepared, like to be prepared for any meeting when I'm not prepared. So I stopped preparing and memorizing the things that I should say, because the most important skill is to feel the situation to connect with the person because it happened to me so many times when I was all prepared, I would come in and a person would tell me, you know what, I have another meeting in 15 minutes. Can we make it like, just quickly? You know, let's just, you know, what do you have? <laughs> and then all my presentation, you know, I couldn't deliver it because I had to, <laughs> I had basically, I only had 10 minutes. And I had to learn to be spontaneous. And I learned that the first, I have to prepare myself, not my presentation, not my words. I have to prepare myself so I can manage myself in every situation. And so I can quickly connect with a person and feel what is the right thing to say in this specific situation. And I need, you need a lot of practice to be able to come up with this and, and a lot of mistakes. <laughs> you need to do or what mistakes. about like being able to see, like see that that's, I guess what I'm trying to ask is why is it that some people might be in this situation and see that, oh, wait a minute. Like the fact that this person is selling to me right now I'm sensing that they're not really paying attention to me. And, and then be able to connect that back and be like, wait a minute. 
when I was selling to somebody else, I was doing the same thing that this person is doing to me right now, right? So, first of all, how can we how can we get somebody to recognize that? Number one, give them a lot of practice and show them. In, like, so they have, have to, to be in a lot of sales have, meetings. You have to go to yeah. these meetings with them. If they find it difficult to see, you just need to go to these meetings with them. I do all the exercises with my students. I show them exactly how I do it. So they because they. They tell me this all the time. If you didn't show me, I would I would have never paid attention to this. It's just, I never pay attention to these things. So I do everything with them and I show them what is worth. But what I'm saying pay. is, okay, this is just one thing, right? This is yeah. just one thing. I guess on a high, like, like now let's take a step back. What I'm saying is, this critical, thinking like this is what made me come up, come up with this story. Which yeah. is what made me able to put that out in the content in a way that makes sense to other people, right? Yes. Now you can do this. That's just one of a thousand different content that I can put out. <laughs> okay. So I can't obviously sit there and teach people every single I guess what, what I'm trying to do say is how can I teach people to do that themselves all the time across all of their activities that's happening in their life? Because here's what I'm trying to say. I think that everyone's already lived a life where they just go back and they just they just critically think about all the things that they all the situations they've been in all of and reflect back on all the all these things. They have the capability to connect the dots and turn it into a story in a way that other people can also see it. But what's happening is they're not going back and actually doing that. So recognize that I came to this podcast with the same question. <laughs> I have the same question that you're asking me right now. Yeah. How do you get people to see that? How do you get people to recognize that? Well, first yeah, of all, I guess we'll, everybody uh, has... Uh, maybe we need to figure out. <laughs> That's the exact, <laughs> exact thing that I'm trying to figure out with Night Owl Nation. <laughs> everybody has a different capacity to learn. I don't believe you can teach people. Like You can identify the most capable learners. And help mm. them and help them learn you can't force somebody to learn it so you can't teach them if they don't want to learn but you can definitely identify the most capable learners and help them practice a lot of people don't understand how to do it so they want it but they don't know how to do it so you're showing this to them they see a beautiful perspective oh i can do this too i can grow my instagram but they don't understand how to do it you tell them write a story find your five second moment but they still don't hear the message that you need to do it 200 times <laughs> yeah. Not you know, I, one one thing that I am learning right now though is it takes just one time where they did the exercise and they it something clicked. They're like, "Oh. Oh, I get it now." Like yes, like something answer. clicked. Yes. Yeah. Then from that point on they're like, "I see what the point of this exercise it's is." Still now. not enough. Yeah. And then, and, then, and then and at least they'll keep doing the exercise because they know that the exercise is helping them. If they do the but, exercise, that's good. Yeah. But most but people won't even, don't yeah. even have that moment of click. So they're going like, okay, what's the point of doing this exercise? <laughs> do you understand what I mean? <laughs> there are different scenarios here. You see, when something clicks, so I also work with insights. I, I have a methodology and insights is a very important part of the learning process. You need to have this insight. Oh, now I get it, this aha moment. But what happens is that let's say one type of people, one category of people, they get this insight 
and they identified with success. Oh, now I get it. But they have no idea how to replicate the success and they quit. Oh, and they tell everyone the story that I had this inside. It was great. I had such a great experience, but they don't have, they don't know how to replicate the success. It was intuitive rather, or it just clicked. Then the other category of people, they will, they understand the potential. So they will practice again so that they're able to replicate the success. So you have learned a skill when you can do it 100 times out of 100 attempts, then you really learned a skill because you can do it. And Mm -hmm. the other people, the other category, it just never clicks with them. They can't see it. And they don't understand what you're even talking about. Yeah. That's why I guess like, I, yeah, I'm, I guess, you know what? To answer your question, mm-hmm. I'm still in the process of learning that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if I could answer your question. Um, so we're, we're building a startup <laughs> where uh, the learning, like learning should be built around practice. And instead of giving people a curriculum, because, you know, the problem of most tech startups is, is content. As soon as they run out of content, it becomes boring and people are not interested anymore. Uh, but instead of consuming content, people need to be doing exercises and receiving feedback. So the point, the thing about learning is you learn from people and you must learn with feedback. So you're doing it great in the community. But uh, practice is hard. Feedback is painful. (laughs) It's really hard to sell these ideas. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I think maybe the the answer is like like giving quick wins, right? So somehow I need to whittle down the exercise to a point where they do this little tiny little exercise. Mm -hmm. And they'll, in in a very small way, something clicks where they go, oh, yeah, that, that, they get some sort of a sense of accomplishment from that exercise. And once they got that sense of exercise, then they're going to be more likely to the second exercise. Right now, what I noticed, what I, the mistake that I've been making is that that first exercise is a little bit, um, a little tough. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it doesn't, after doing that exercise, you don't really have like the sense of accomplishment, like, oh, I, I figured it out or something like that. So that they don't want to do the second exercise. <laughs> do you understand what I mean? <laughs> but I don't think it's entirely, it's totally true. Because for some people, it's difficult. And those people who find it difficult, they will say it to you. For, other, for others, it's not that difficult. But they will not say it. Because they I think it. most people are on the second. Like, <laughs> I think most people are on that second, the latter. I think I think smaller percentage of people actually get it. And it clicks. And they're like, okay. Yeah, Yeah. but the voices that you hear usually are those people who don't get it, like, and they complain and they can't figure it out. And those people who did it and they understood the value of the exercise, they're going to do it again. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel? Like, do you, does the exercise feel like it's something is clicking? When I do your exercises? Yeah. And that only should. I'm just so used to this work, you know, um, because you're asking us to do a lot of self-reflection and this is what I've been doing for years. And that's also a meta skill, by the way. And I, (laughs) I think I am able to connect the dots, but what I'm learning here is to find the right words that are simple enough for the large, for larger audiences. For me, the way I do it is like this. 
So I give you that one example of like, if I want to teach somebody how to be more present in meetings and stop selling yourself, like, let's say, I can say like that. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to teach sales skills. Okay, all you freelancers out there, stop trying to sell yourself in a meeting. If I say that, it's just going to go in one year out the other year, right? But if I give them these two scenarios where oh, I used to do this, but then when I was being sold, this is how I felt. And I felt like I were, they weren't really paying attention to me. And then if I give, even give them another example where it says, hey, have you ever been in a conversation where this person was so focused? Have you ever gone on a first date where this person was so focused on impressing you that they weren't really listening to you? That's what you might be doing. Do you call it teaching? No, I guess I, I, in my mind, that's my flavor of storytelling. Because yeah. I feel like for me to get really get this lesson across to you of like, stop selling yourself. The only way I can really get that message through to you is, is by giving you an example of something that you're already doing, that you've already felt before. So you Here's another example. You make it easy for people to see a different perspective, which is valuable. And they find But using an example they've already experienced. That's like the most important not part. Like here, yeah, okay. <laughs> because if not, if they haven't experienced it yeah. themselves, they're not really gonna like here's a good example. So people always say if you're if you're as a leader, mm -hmm. you shouldn't I talked about this in this past Sunday service. As a leader, you have to really have humility and drop your ego, right? And people say that all the time. You see that on social media all everywhere. Like, uh, you know, humility is confidence, blah, 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 all of that, right? I, I think that most people don't really know what that really means. Like, sure. in their heart, they don't, like, they, they are, yeah, they understand the words, but they don't really know what that means, right? So what I'm trying to do is use story to make them feel it, right? And one of the ways I can do is, Give them an example that they understand. So let's say you're, 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 you have a seven-year-old nephew who you want them to feel like they're owning something, that they're excited to do something, right? And you're playing a game with them where that, that seven-year-old is going like, hey, I'm going to be the captain and you're going to be my first mate, right? And I, I go to him like, okay, yes, sir, captain. And I'm trying to make them feel like the, make him feel like the boss and make him excited about something, right? That's that's a that's a familiar feeling that everybody knows, right? Like at that moment, my ego is not going like, "What? Why are you the captain? I'm the captain." You're not going to argue with the seven year old, right? Like that's so that's a familiar feeling. That's an example of a familiar feeling, right? And then now I can tie that to, so why can't you do that with your employee? Why can't you do that with your team? Like you're sitting there arguing with your team, like arguing with your employee. And that's equivalent to you arguing with a seven-year-old instead of making that person feel like excited about it and take ownership of their job, right? But what I'm trying to do here, I, I mean, I don't, this is not like a piece of content, content yet. I'm still working on this. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to tie, like, so my flavor of storytelling is I'm trying to teach this lesson of you should drop your ego and give that person the ownership and make, make your employee feel like the boss. And make your employee so that they'll be excited to do that thing that you want them to do, right? But to do that, you kind of have to treat them like a seven-year-old <laughs> that you wouldn't argue with. The same way you would make that seven-year-old feel excited about being a captain, right? 
but you've been in this situation before, so you know what that feels like. But you don't you don't know how to apply it here. So that's why I'm using this as an example to teach this lesson. Do you know what I mean? I see what you mean. It might be um, a good idea to explain it <clears throat> like you would explain it to a seven-year-old if you teach a beginner. But if you don't work with beginners, this strategy would not work. You, they want to be treated as equals. This say is still, that you, you need to treat them as equals, not as a seven-year-old, but as equals. So what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that what you are doing... No, 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 obviously you wouldn't talk to them like as you would talk to a seven-year-old. <laughs> still, what but, you... but what I'm saying is you're, you're employing the same methodology of dropping your ego and making the seven-year-old mm -hmm. feel excited. Because mm -hmm. like, if you talk to a 16-year-old, you're going to talk slightly different than you talk to a seven-year-old. Yeah. And you talk to a 30-year-old, you're going to talk differently. But that same underlying thing can happen where you're trying... Your goal is to make them feel excited about it and making make them feel like they, they have the ownership. Yes, you make them feel and important. And they, control. they're in control. Yeah, yeah, you make them feel important and valued and needed. Yeah. Every human being needs that. Yes. Exactly. But what I think what I'm trying to say is that this is still not learning. And I guess that's the question that I have in mind. People think that watching a YouTube video is learning or reading a story on Instagram is learning. It, it's, it's not. You're giving them a different perspective. Something can go, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, that, no, that's not learning. It's storytelling. That's not learning, life. yes. You're sharing yeah. a different perspective. You're helping them see a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, to yeah. help a person who recognizes this problem, damn it, I do the same thing in meetings. But the, really... what I'm saying is, what I'm trying to do is, I'm trying to, I want them to learn the meta skill, I guess, which is going to allow them to do this. They have to practice it. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. If you want this person yeah. to learn to behave differently in meetings, you have to give them a task to go to a sales meeting every day and maybe go with them and then sit with them and give them feedback and, and discuss those meetings. So once they've done it 200 times, they can yeah. get the skill. But people, I guess you know what? Yeah. That's what I mean by, that's why I keep telling people, don't make content about something that you don't have experience in. Yeah, that's true. Because sure. I think that's what's happening. Like, if you're trying to teach a concept about sales meeting and you haven't had enough sales meeting experience to understand this, <laughs> your content is just never going to be as good as mine because yeah. I've already went through the learning of the meta skills, which, which allows me to connect the dots and tell the story. But if you haven't gone through the meta skills yet, you're not going to be able to connect those dots. Right. But I think things are even more complicated. What would you say about joy? Do you think joy is the concept that most people would understand? Oh, so like you're talking more about life advice now. Like if you're, no, if you're trying I'm, to teach. For example, just to give you an example, you're saying if a person hasn't experienced that, they will not understand. I teach a very simple idea that if you need to learn something, you need to change your daily practice routine. You need a routine. But this routine is going to... It's not going to be a short-term routine. It's going to continue for a while. So to make it possible for you to sustain it, it needs to bring you joy. And my initial idea was that everybody understands what joy means. And what happens is that when I do my group coaching program, students tell me again and again that you've been talking about this joy for like five months now. And I'm, I'm only now I'm getting it. But even now, I'm, I started recognizing the moments of no joy, but I still have no idea what brings me joy and how learning can bring joy. You know, like you would think that this is something. I wouldn't call that joy. It's because joy. <laughs> because I don't know, maybe it's just wording, but 
for me, for me, the thing that's going to make me do it again mm -hmm. is less of joy and some sort of feeling of accomplishment. But my own results bring me joy. They motivate me to keep going. So when I do something better, oh, it brings me joy. So that's joy for me. For different people, they can have different. Yeah, maybe it's just, a, just, just word, right? Like, because, yeah. for example, like, um, you know, if I see my family that I haven't seen for a long time, that gives me joy. But if I see them every day, like, it's not going <laughs> to, like, do you understand what I mean? Like, that's, so yeah. maybe it's like a, it's, it's and, and I, I guess what I'm, you know, like the. Yeah, joy what means do, what novelty. Yeah, it yeah. means novelty. So every day you do a slightly different exercise or you see a slightly different result and you like it, so it brings you joy. Yeah, so that that's why it has to be that. In order to have that slight different exercise, it actually, be, actually has to be a little bit hard. Because it has like, to be, if, there is a good, there is a good, I, I read it somewhere, but that it has to be kind of in the middle between two challenging... Zone of like proximal... Impossible. Yeah, it's called like the zone of proximal learning or something like that. Where if it's if it's too easy, then it's not yeah, fun. It's not if it's if it's impossible, then it's not fun. It has to be like right in that zone. Yes, I, I forgot exactly. what it's called. Yeah, but my sister talks about it all the time. <laughs> what people what people find it hard to accept and recognize is that they need to do it again and again. And I I know from experience, the first two hundred times you do it is going to be super bad. And that's how it works, you know? You have to do it at least 200 times. I guess the goal is that first 200 times you do it, how can you make it in a way? You know how when you... thats I think that's what people mean by gamification. You know, when you play a game, you know, when you play Super Mario, right? The, mm -hmm. the, the way you design that game is that first round, all, you're, all they're trying to do is show you that if you press this button, you're going to jump. Now, if you hold down this button and press this button at the same time, you're going to jump even higher. And if you go left, you're going to go left. You're going to go right. Like, that's all they're trying to teach you, right? So usually the level one of the game design mm -hmm. is they're going to have some obstacles where you're going to have to jump a little bit. And then another obstacle where you have to jump more, right? So now you have to just learn those two things. And then once you go to the next level, now you, you have to understand that, okay, now I need to do jump twice and do this. Like, in every level, what the game is actually teaching you how to play the game. Yes. But you don't understand that. you Like, the, the person who's playing the game doesn't know that that's what's happening. All they're trying to do is just go after that star. or All they're trying to do is just eat that mushroom. But in order for you to eat that mushroom, there's a combination of buttons that you need to press in order to do that. And the game is actually teaching you that. So I almost feel like we, you, we need to design the learning experience that way where that first lesson they're doing something and it's not easy because they have to figure it out but they actually have an incentive to do it because once they figure it out they're hitting I think some that's goal. my problem you know every everybody's trying to spoon feed people and stripping their way of their power people have to take their power back because people are capable of many things but if you try to spoon oh you will not basically you need to control and spoon feed only those people who are not capable People are capable. We need to recognize that they are capable. We need to help them get their power back and show them the power that they have because they've given enough of their power to online experts. I, I don't know anything, so I'll listen to this person who says, oh, this... And then 
they also take no ownership of their learning process. Oh, son told me to do that. Oh, this person told me to do that. Not my fault. <laughs> but that's, in that level one of the game, nobody told them to do that. They're actually figuring it out for themselves. But they want to play a game. You know, when you talk about gamification, you imagine Super Mario. But I think there's been so much progress since then. Because when I think about gamification, I think about ad tech applications, let's say Duolingo, where yeah. you open lesson one and you have immediately earned one million points. Congratulations, you opened lesson one. You press play, you earned two more million points. You haven't done anything yet. Mm -hmm. And they already earned three million points just for. But Duolingo opening. works though. It 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 works because so maybe have it's a. Their, have you seen their pro like their profits in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three? No, I mean I don't really know, but I, what no, I'm saying it, is it doesn't work. <laughs> the the gamification stuff does work because it gets people to actually do something the rather than do nothing. Long. The question is for how long and to what level. Well, it's better than like I, they would much rather do Duolingo than be forced to sit in a class where you know they're you know like only few people actually wants to sit in a class and learn versus more people are willing to do this, right? I guess I'm trying to say that it's not necessary to sit in a class, and it's also not necessary to get stuck at the beginner's level with Duolingo. You can't develop this level of fluency and mastery with an application like Duolingo. You can get only to a certain level. Yeah, yeah, yeah I understand. I understand. But but, but I'm saying, like, I'm not that. saying that Duolingo has figured it out. But mm. I guess what I'm trying to say is, I, you can sit there. I can sit here and be like, no, you need to learn critical thinking. And like, I, I, I don't care if you don't understand. Like, I can do that. It's not working out. Right? No, it's, it's not like, work. people, so, so, so somehow I have to meet them at their, you know, like meet them at their level, right? Yeah. I can't just be like, the reason why you're not good at storytelling is because you're not doing critical thinking. <laughs> like that's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Not work. <laughs> so, you have so, to lead by example. Yeah, so so somehow I'm, I have to, and that's what I mean by, I let's say I, I want them to think critical think like at this level. But somehow I, I my only goal is not to by showing where they can be because I don't think that works either. Because I'm like, oh, if you go to the gym and just, if you just eat broccoli and, you know, like <laughs> boil chicken every day and go to the gym and exercise every day, you're going to get six, six pack. And, you know, just think about that. Like, I don't think that works either because no, no. It doesn't most people don't have six pack. Yeah. When I say give the power back to people means let them make their own decisions. So you're trying, when you're trying to spell everything out like this, it sounds cheap and salesy, but, you know, but here's what I think though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, I understand every human on earth wants to get fit <laughs> yeah. and wants to have a six pack. Now, that doesn't mean, but most of them will never do it, right? Even though they know that they have the power to do it. But they don't even know what I mean? it takes. They don't even know what it takes. I think everyone knows what it takes. Mm -hmm. They just. Okay, so you don't think that everyone knows that if you eat healthy and you work out every day, that's what that's gonna give the six pack. You don't no, think people know. People can't imagine what it means to eat healthy and work out every day for like the rest of your life, or for at least three years. People. Like, that's what I mean. That's what. That, okay, that's the point I'm trying to make is that you have to do it a certain amount of time, and then once you get there, now the intrinsic motivation kicks in, and they are like, "Oh, I get it now." 
I get what hard work really means. I get what eating healthy really means. I get that it's really working. But until then, yeah, it's not. They're not. They're never going to get there. Exactly. If you if you if you leave it up to them, so I I feel like at some point in the beginning, there has to be some extrinsic motivation that's going to force them to get there first. But then what what you need to do is you need to design the course or whatever in a like for example like. Peloton or CrossFit or something like I think that's why Peloton and uh, what is that other class Soul Cycle kind of mm-hmm. works right people love it because when you go there they have the leaderboard when you go real faster you see your name moving up and when you slow down you see your name moving down and things like that right and that's extrinsic motivation it's not that you're yeah you're not giving them the power what you're doing is you're using like a mouse <laughs> mouse mouse and like uh, you're using like a what do you call that a bait to get yes. them to do something that they don't want to do. But you, like, if you do that for three months and then you look in yourself in the mirror and be like, holy shit, like, I, like, I, you know, my, 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 I've gotten more fit and blah, blah, blah. Then maybe the intrinsic motivation will kick in. But in the beginning, I don't think you can expect people to do that. I have, I have two things to say. For, in the online world, I agree that the extrinsic motivation is necessary. In the online world, influencers do this work. For example, a lot of people who join Nidal Nation, you are their extrinsic motivation. They're there because of you. That's it. So an expert, a person, you know, can be an extrinsic motivation. Oh, I want to be like Sun. I want to tell stories like Sun. I want to yeah. learn That's, from Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> okay. But that, that, that that's a very short extrinsic. Yes. That's not gonna last very long. <laughs> and even and, and what is frustrating is even if you've done it for three months, you've written every day on social, you've posted every day on social media, you've eaten healthy for three months, you've done cycling and crossing. You might still not months, get there. Yeah. You might even get somewhere, but the intrinsic motivation will not it's still not normal for you. It's like you have been doing a different thing for twenty years before that. And now this three months is not enough to change what's normal. You need to change your norm so that a different thing becomes normal for you. You need at least a year of a practice routine. That's why I say the only way to um, to help I people agree. start yeah. changing something. Yeah, extrinsic motivation can should probably motivate them change, to change one small thing, but in their daily life, daily until something else becomes normal. So basically. It has to become a habit. Yeah. Autopilot. You know, we all run on autopilot. We say things on autopilot. We think on autopilot. We do things on autopilot. You need to change your autopilot mode, at least in one small area. And then you... But you you also agree that, let's say it takes a year for them to get it on autopilot, right? At least. But you also agree that you can't get them to through that year by just telling them like you have to you have to like you know what i mean they need (laughs) the extrinsic motivation needs to be there for that first you need a lot of practice and a lot of feedback if they only do practice and never receive feedback it's not going to work either so practice and feedback for this year until they can do it by themselves they need guidance but practice and feedback practice and caring human feedback that's the only way but un- until they auto- they have managed to change their autopilot, even in one small area of life, maybe they stopped eating sugar, maybe they started brushing their teeth differently, whatever, then they can recognize, oh, I actually have the power to do the same thing with my other skill. And that's what I mean by meta skills. When they see that they have the power, they actually were able to change that. So, you, so what you that? call 
meta skill is almost like connecting the dots is a meta skill that's also a meta skill by the way intuition can be called a meta skill too so you have this gut feeling and you can quickly feel the room or you can recognize when a person is lying you know that's also meta skill yeah and and they're permanent you You have to once you've got them once well i'll tell you where i'll tell you where we are now at night owl nation so obviously we haven't cracked the code yet, <laughs> and but I do see that the the few number of people who's been doing this practice, like we've been, it's been a year since we started, and the few number of people who's been doing the exercise for a year, like Rosalinda for example, now they're seeing it. They're like, oh, yeah, something is clicking, yeah. and they're even like storytelling in their own job or on social media, and something is clicking for them that now. It, now okay now they get it they're they're on their way they can they're willing to keep doing the exercise yes, blah, blah, blah. and they're willing to help other members which yeah. is valuable but most people <laughs> can can last that year so i guess what i'm trying to figure out right now is every step of the way how can i okay maybe they won't feel that what rosalinda's feeling but how can i give them like a little mini version of that from day one because for me when i try something like, if I feel like this is pointless, I'm not even going to try it. I'm not, I'm not going to go back, right? But then, if I get something out of it, some sort of a little, like you say, joy. <laughs> so I have, to, I have to give them the joy on day one, and I have to give them the joy on day two and day three. And like, for 365 days. And then from that point on, like, they can... So somehow... Maybe that's the thing. We need to figure out what is that little bit of joy that we can give them on day one. I guess the challenge is that joy means different things for different people. Some people like to be competitive. Some people don't like competitions. For example, in my small group, nobody cares about the competition. And I hear that in other small groups, everybody wants to win. So, you know, you yeah, I don't think that the, I don't think that works. It's almost like the joy is almost like, so for me, it's like this. When I hire hire a new developer, mm-hmm. and that this developer has no really no um, experience in coding, right? Like they don't. And I, if I tell them, like I want you to make a functionality where when somebody submits this form, it takes mm-hmm. the data from that form and sends an email to this person, mm-hmm. like like a contact form, a simple contact form, right? Like you fill out this form, you submit. Now it takes that information and sends an email to this email address, right? That's a simple functionality. Like if I asked you to do it, you you would be like, what? There's no well, way I, I will do, do it with Typeform or Zapier, you know? <laughs> I know that. No, no, but let's say I, I, I told you to code that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I wouldn't be able to Using code Python or something like that. Like you would, you would be like, what? What are you talking about, right? Mm-hmm. So what happens is now when I give them task, the first thing I have to do is like, oh, it's easy. You just, and then I give them very basic, like just the, I point them to the place where they can get started. And now they're going to have to do something where, oh, I submitted this form and then I saw that it, it comes, when I do submit, I, I saw that it shows up on here. Okay, that's step one of, let's say, 20. But I got the step one down, right? And yeah. that's going to get them excited to do the step. Okay, like now that I got here, now I need to figure out how I can send that uh, into this email system. Okay, like let me look that up. and so. But what I found is when I give that task to people and I, 
I don't need to t- teach them step by step by step by step what to do step by step. What I need to do is I just need to first guide them the right direction and they have to do the work of figuring it out themselves to the until that next next milestone and once they get there and they get stuck I just need to guide them again and then the n- next yes. milestone. So by me inputting only 5% of kind of just little tapping guiding them the right direction and then figuring out the rest of the way at the end of that week, sometimes they might like spend, they might have to stay up all night to figure out. Oh, I, I really like, that's what drives them. Oh, oh shit. I feel like I almost got it. I just need to. And then they figure it out. Right. Then they're like, oh my gosh, I can do this. And then I can give like, that is for me. I always give that task to every developer because what I found is that once they get past that, like they're on their way. And they're probably proud of their work because they figured yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they did it themselves. Yeah. They own it. So work. somehow I need to replicate that same exact feeling. But it's the same with designer. Like I have to get them to do something that they, they, they thought they couldn't do, but somehow they figured it out how to do it. Can and once that, that happens, huge, yeah. can you see the huge part of it is human connection? So you're actually there guiding them, talking to them, <laughs> probably in one in the same. But I room. need to figure out. Okay, so I I already know that I can do it one on one. Yes, and you, you can need... do it even in the chat with all the like where you talk to all the leaders. But I admire. I can do it with that. ten people too. I think you're right. What I I'm trying to figure out is how do I how do I scale this? <laughs> I have the same question, you know. So because I'm watching you and I respect the fact how much attention you give to people because I fundamentally believe that practice and, and feedback are fundamental. All my products come with feedback. I spend the majority of my time giving feedback to people to every single student because they will never learn without it. And I don't want to sell them an online course which is just a video library that they have to figure out on their own. It's it's not working. They need feedback. But my question is the same. When you talk to people, you know which buttons to push. You know how to tell them. You know what to tell them. You know how to motivate them. You know what works. But do you see, for example, maybe that's that's a question for you too. Here's okay. How to scale? Let me know. Yeah. Let me know if this helps. Mm -hmm. So, if I sit here and I try to figure out how to scale it, I don't think I'll ever figure it out. Mm -hmm. I think what, but if I look at where we were a year ago Mm -hmm. and where we are now. I definitely need to know how to do it more than last year. Maybe it's yeah. not like, maybe I haven't cracked the code yet, but mm-hmm. I went from here to here. Do you know what I mean? But the way I did it, most of the process that I think I figure out that got us from step zero to step one was through the practice of that feedback. Mm-hmm. Of The reason why I do the hot seats every Saturday and I, I'm, I'm always doing hot seats is because I'll give an exercise. I'm like, okay, guys, do do this, right? Okay, here's a good example. So one of the things that I added is, okay, here's a here's an exercise. I want you to find out your weakness and figure out what how that can also be your strength. So the first time I did it, like, you know, two quarters ago, everybody came back and everybody was like this. Oh, my 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 weakness is that I'm a perfectionist. My weakness is that I'm a people pleaser. My weakness is that like everybody kept coming up with this. But what I what I figure out is that those are the common things that everybody thinks is their weakness. Like yes. every human on earth think that they're a people pleaser. Every human on earth think that they're lazy. Every human on like these are common things that everyone feels. Mm-hmm. But like, are you? 
this is the average of of how most people are people pleasing. Everyone's a people pleaser, but some people are like down here, some people are up here, and some people are here. But people that are like here think that that's their weakness when it's actually not. Is you 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 feel the same amount of people pleasing as everyone else? Are you more than others? Is what I'm trying to look for, right? And I I found that just through a lot of hot seats of working with people individually one-on-one what one of the things that worked is every time i say what do people around you say about you like what does your mom tell you what is your sister like what what's the common thing everybody's like oh you're so you're such a people pleaser you're like you're always just just trying to like you're such a stubborn you're so stubborn why can't you just let it go like what is the thing that people around you say about you because most likely that's your real weakness right I had no idea that even that that's even going to be the trigger that's going to help people find it. But through a lot of hot seats, that's that's yes. one tiny one one of ten thousand things I figure out. Now I need to find out nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine other things like that. But the only way I'm going to be able to figure all of those out is by keep doing these hot seats and just yeah. add one to the repertoire, one to the repertoire, one to the repertoire. I guess my question. Like, is- here's another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever I. I tell people to, okay, tell me a story about where you used to be like this. Now you're like this. When I do that, people always tell the the same story of like, oh, I used to be so not confident. And over time through yoga, I'm like, no, 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 no. Give me the what, when, where, and with who. You have to be able to tell me what day was. Was it at night? Was it during the day? Give me a specific. And that's how we came up with the five second moment, that thing, right? But that's what I mean. Like all, almost everything that I'm teaching right now is a result of the hot seats and little by little by and and i'm I'm not even even remotely close yet <laughs> and that's why i keep showing up and i keep that's why i keep doing hot seats that and i i think maybe it'll take me 10 years to figure it all out yeah people must learn from feedback there's like there's no if you remove this yeah. feedback part it's not gonna work absolutely not and but i, I also know. learn from feedback yes and you learn from feedback yeah. And I guess that's what I'm trying to, well, we're both trying to figure this out, how to scale this and how, for example, how to scale this methodology of learning how to learn to show more people that they have this power and that they can learn things quickly and perform at a different level, but how to scale it. uh, So I think what you should do, but not remove. maybe this is the thing. Here, now I have an answer for you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is what I'm doing. I'm assuming that. This is what they need to learn. And I teach it at scale to 200 people, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens is 199 out of those people don't actually learn it. <laughs> right? So I, I, I taught it the wrong way, right? Or maybe not 199, but 190 of them, right? Mm-hmm. So now what I do is I go on hot seats with those, some of those people mm-hmm. and I figure out why didn't you learn it, right? Mm-hmm. And then next, next time I do it, I, I modify what I teach and I do it down. And then maybe mm-hmm. now this time, instead of 190, it was maybe 185, right? Yeah, and then now I go on hot seats. Right. Yeah. So I, I think just the reiteration every round of just getting feedback. Okay, now I'm going to teach you like this. Okay, next, next, next time we do this exercise, I'm going to tweak the exercise a little bit like this. Next time I do... So that's why I'm saying maybe it'll take 10 years to do it. But I think that's what I'm doing, pretty Can much. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. Can I ask you a question? Have, yeah, you, ever yeah, of thought, have you ever thought of scaling night all nation with investment have you ever thought about raising money to scale yeah yeah no and i am going to do that 
Okay, but so I then do. we are in the same boat. How would you sell it to investors? Because, well, I don't think I can sell it to investors yet because I don't have, I don't think I have a product yet. Mm -hmm. I think what I need to do is I need to get it to a point where this works for majority of the people. But you need to sell summer. the perspective to investors. You need to sell the perspective that it's going to be a profitable business and it's going to work. And I guess that's what's difficult to no, sell. No, you need a you need a proof of concept. Yeah, and, but I, I, I can I can't just go to an investor and be like, oh, here's my idea. I'm going to invent a time machine. And so <laughs> you know, what I mean, what like I'm I need saying, a proof of concept. Right? <laughs> what I'm saying is, you need both because a lot of ed tech startups right now are. You know, they received a lot of funding in 2021. They're not doing very well. And investors are being very careful because a lot of money was poured into ad tech and that's not performing very, very well. But the investors need to see the proof of concept, but also the perspective, right? So it's not going to ruin my reputation. It's going to bring me the returns. Um, have you thought? Okay, so are you talking about in terms of how it's been in the last 15 years? I mean... Because I know I, I have I have some years, clients since 2020. I would say since everybody started poured a lot of money into edtech in 2020 when everything went. No, down. no, no. But I, what I'm talking about is the the big problem in Silicon Valley has been that 99.9 percent .9 of these investments actually don't pan out. They, exactly. They actually fail, exactly. right? Only only a yeah. very very small number of them yes. succeed, and most investors are okay with it. So that that's why they've been doing it. But I think a lot of them are now waking up to the fact that it's not working out. And even though 0.1% that it has worked out, like Groupon, doesn't really work out, meaning they yeah. still can't figure out how to profit, right? But so, what would a proof of concept mean to you? Like you have, let's say, a million users or what, what would, how, when would you know that you have it? Like what criteria? So let's say have? like a thousand people sign up today. Mm -hmm. And then at the end... Yeah, and then at, at the end of like three months period when they go through my program or let's say it's an year-long membership or whatever it is, like 80% of them have actually gone through the exercise, meaning that they don't give up, right? And then they actually complete it. And here's the thing. I can probably make up some bullshit and get funding. And I can probably waste investors' time. I can do all the things that all the tech startups are doing. I can go get a huge, nice fancy office and you know hire all these developers that i don't need and i can just do the whole the fluff thing and, and just like do a quick exit and just get, get rich quick just like i i can probably do that but like the the, the real question is is that what i want to do right <laughs> like just because you can do that should you do it like you know just if you can rip people off should you do it? <laughs> no. well, that's that's so, out of the question. That's not even the question. But would it mean that the people who have completed a three-month program that they extended their membership? Do you want that? Yeah, yeah. For me, no. Even that wouldn't even be good for me hmm. because I'm so I'm so good at manipulative marketing because that's what I've been doing for the past twenty years mm -hmm. that I I can get them to renew. <laughs> I, I I can get I I can find a way to make this super profitable, mm -hmm. even though the product doesn't work. And that's pretty much almost every online course out there. Yes. <laughs> there almost every online course out there is profitable, even though only a tiny fraction, like just think about this, right? Think about the tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands people that went through Tony Robbins program and they paid $3,000, $5,000, $6,000 to go through Tony Robbins program, right? 
if I were to, and, and the way they sell it is like, this is going to give you a breakthrough and it's going to change your life. It's going to turn your life around, right? How, what percentage of those hundreds of thousands of people do you think actually turned their life around and actually had made, made it happen, right? They, they have the feeling like they did. Yeah. But all of that is just all through manipulation and marketing because they get you all hyped up in this room without like you're you're exhausted, no food, you're in this like emotional state, and there's music is playing, and then boom, they sign you up for the next one right there. Like, yeah, you can do all of that to sell it, but that doesn't mean the product works, right? Mm-hmm. So I think how how profitable product is and how well it's selling has nothing to do with how good the product really is, to be honest, right? So, yeah, so I, so that wouldn't even be an indicator for me that it's working. Like the only way I would know that it's working is number one. My first step is right now, like 70% of people who sign up for Night Owl Nation are not actually doing the exercise and doing the work, right? So if I can get 80% of the people to actually do the exercise, meaning they're in a group, they're doing the exercise and they're posting or whatever it is, then I, I would feel confident that, okay, this is working. And then the second thing is, through that exercise, like, I need to find the some, some way to measure that how much have they improved their storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. And once that happens, then I my morality would allow me to be like, okay, this is working now. Let me get some investors. Let me throw some money into it. And let me scale it. But I just don't think that we're there yet. And I don't even think that we're close. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't expect it to be close, right? It's like imagine, like right, like imagine that, like you know, Apple or, or all these tech startups before they actually got their product to work, they they started selling it like a mess, right? They didn't. They got, or or maybe maybe you're right. Maybe what I should do is get funding just to, just to test it out, just to get it to a point. But I I guess the the problem is I don't need funding in, in order to test it out. I don't need funding in order to... I, I wouldn't feel safe asking people to invest in me, mm-hmm. not knowing 100% sure if it's going to work or not, I guess yeah. Is, yeah. is the thing. How, not knowing what exactly people should be doing to feel this success, right? Yeah. Or to succeed in the program. Because I feel like what I'm trying to do is something... Maybe what I'm trying to do is hopeless. Maybe humans will never be there. Right, I mean, I I'm, I hope not, <laughs> but <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but I mean, uh, but but there is a reason why most people sign up for a gym and don't go. Right, there's a reason why most people sign up for a course and don't go. There's a reason why most people say that I'm gonna every New Year I'm gonna grow Instagram and they stop posting. There is a reason why that keeps happening. I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, can I break that pattern? Can I somehow figure out a system you already where they actually will? Things. I think you're already doing a lot of great things. And that's the reason I signed up for this community, because you're doing things slightly differently. And I support your ideas and your views, uh, especially what you say about the online courses, because they simply do not work. <laughs> and then people blame themselves that they don't work. Yeah. They don't work, even though they're super profitable. Yeah, You know why they blame themselves, though? It's because... The marketing message is designed that way. Yes. Because what they do, when you go to Tony Robbins and you go, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you told all your friends, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I'm going to change my life. Now I'm going to start going to the gym every day. I'm going to start my business and blah, 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 right? And then what happens three months later? Because 
Tony Robbins is not there to hype you up every day, every morning. Exactly. <laughs> Three months later, it goes down, right? And then all I their friends start, on all their friends starts coming to you and be like, "What happened, huh? How come it like? What happened with? I thought this was going to change your life, huh?" So now that I autom- automatically get defensive, I'm like, "Oh, but Tony, when you Tony Robbins is telling you if it didn't work, it's because you didn't put in the work." Yes. So what do they do? They start going telling their friends, oh, yeah, no, this, the program works. The reason why it didn't work is because I didn't do the work. So they start blaming. that. That's how psychologically they manipulate to blame yourself rather than blaming the program. <laughs> the same happens to people who go to different retreats. For example, they go and meditate and they eat healthy for 15 days and then they get back to the city life <laughs> and they eat a hamburger again. And again, they tell them some of the story that I can't resist right? It's, mm-hmm. it's me. I'm, I'm guilty. I can't resist a hamburger. I can't resist McDonald's, but the program is good. But the fact is that they haven't learned to eat healthy, but the program convinced them that they would, they would learn yeah. to eat healthy in just 15 days. What the, the, the honest way to do that would, for those retreats should say, this retreat is going to hype you up enough to do it temporarily. <laughs> But you're gonna have to come back every month if you want to sustain it. <laughs> like if you if you sold it like that, I have no problem. But the but problem the with this, they can't yeah. sell it like this because nobody wants to come back. Nobody would buy it. <laughs> yes, nobody wants to come back every month. You That's know, why it's manipulation. Yeah, I always say that you need a coach so that you don't need a coach. Basically, that's the yeah. reason. That's the purpose yeah. of learning. That's the purpose of teaching. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working with people so that they don't need me. But they that's need to you, be you, you see how that's counterintuitive to business, right? Because yes. as a business, you want your customers to depend on you. <laughs> like I still think it, you can build a business out of this, you know, uh, because people can get a lot of different. People can get well, a lot of. Value. Yeah. So, so so now we're going to a different kind of topic mm-hmm. of that, but. Like, cause like, so capitalism, right? Like, for example, like here, here's a, here's a big controversy in America. Like, you know, there's pharmaceutical companies make like the most money. Like one of the companies that make the most money are pharmaceutical companies. But in order for pharmaceutical companies to keep profiting it and get the investors happy is that everybody has to be sick. (laughs) So, so the, the, the measure for uh, pharmaceutical companies to grow means more people have to get sick. So pharmaceutical companies have zero like incentive to actually get people healthy <laughs> because as soon as they become healthy, now they're out of business. <laughs> exactly. You, and that's the, that, that is the problem with, that's one of the problems with capitalism. I'm a, I'm a capitalist, so I, I believe in capitalism, but I think that's the, the con, right? That's the downside of capitalism is that if everything is about capital, if everything is about incentives, then you can also incentivize the wrong thing like that. That's why I think I, I believe in some government restrictions and some like, you know. <laughs> Do you want people to ultimately be able to post, to, to tell stories and to grow their Instagram without you? I mean, if not, then I'm not doing a good job, right? Yeah, that's, so I maybe, think yeah, the same way. Yeah. yeah. They need to so, be able to do it without me. But that's that's sustainable for me, right? For so I, I don't think of us as like this business that's going to be like Pfizer, right? It it can sustain few people, and we can probably do it for a while. But at some or like we're not doing this to be a billion dollar company, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. if that was the goal, then I, I I think it'll actually go the wrong way. 
it's, it's this is more of my personal yeah but i think you're, you're doing a, a i mean you're doing a great job because well first of all in your community people learn from people that's very important like they're real meetings they're real people people learn from feedback and, and that's already a huge step forward and people know that they can count on other people yeah. they can count on you they're not alone i think what Capitalism, unfortunately, is trying, the idea that it's trying to instill in us is that we don't need other people, which is not true. We need them and we, we need to learn from them. We just need we AI. Need <laughs> and we depend on other people all the time. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. we, we don't even grow our own food, right? We depend on other people every day. Uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody wants to be a solopreneur. I yes. want to do this all by myself. <laughs> no, you, you can't do everything. You can do only a certain amount of things by yourself, but like you know they say if you want to go fast go alone if you're going to go far go yeah. together yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah, need each exactly. other absolutely and yeah. the current economy is trying to convince us that we don't it's trying to try to divide people and what your community is doing it's uniting people which is beautiful you have people from yeah. countries all over the world. i also think that the best way to learn is actually to teach and that's yeah, kind of like one of the concept that like we want to develop a night out nation. Like we want everyone to be students, but also teachers. And it, it doesn't even time. mean they have to teach in the academic context. But if if you teach your own children, that's teaching too. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You no, know, yeah. if you pass this knowledge to your nephews, nieces, if you to your children, that's already beautiful. But yeah. in order to pass this knowledge, you need to have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But what what I mean is like you know when like for example, let's say we have a designer that's been with us for like three years and a new designer comes in and this more experienced designer is like teaching this new designer how to do something. But in the midst of teaching that person, actually that concept became even more clear to the person who's teaching it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I, I really want that to happen at Night Owl Nation. And I think with some people it's happening. So I can see like a lot of spark, like, so I guess to, to kind of answer your question, <laughs> we're, we have a little spark of it going on. But I just think that the only way I can really figure it out is by keep doing it. And if if you want to create the similar things, you probably have to do the same thing. You probably have to teach something at scale, mm -hmm. knowing that it's not going to work for most people. Mm -hmm. But yeah. what it is going to do is you're going to learn a little bit better way to teach that next time and then do it again. So maybe you just have to give yourself time and be like, I'm going to teach it at scale, even if it doesn't work. Because it's going to help me figure out a better way to teach it at scale. And you know yeah. what I mean? I actually have my own community. You know, I run a community. Yeah. I also, when I started it, I told myself I'm not going to make any money in the first year. Just, you know, I was, I yeah. was so, you know, I agreed to this idea from day one that I'm, I'm going to try it out. I'm not going to make any money in the first year. And that, that was true. So just, and, but my community is just exercises so that people can come and find every exercise for any skill that they need to practice. When it comes to communication, it's just any skill. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, this, when it comes to in communication in English, right? So they need to develop certain skills. They need pronunciation. Okay, here is an exercise. They need I see. Clarity. I see what you mean. Here yeah. is an exercise, and they get feedback on all their work. But I agree with you. Just keep showing up. I guess what I guess what you are trying to do is how can I get people more, more people to do the exercise. 
Yes, more people you... because those people who've been who've spent some time with me, who've followed, who've been following my work for years, they get it. Or those people mm -hmm. who are at a point in life where they see the value in learning how to learn, they already lived through this experience. They have it yeah. now; they understand it from their own experience, and they get it. I don't have to explain it to them a lot, but a, lo a lot of people, the majority of people. They feel like it's some wooey, wooey stuff. Like, what are yeah. we even talking? Like, give me some grammar exercising. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't understand why it's important to practice being attentive, or what it even means, or how it is even possible to pay attention to these things. And and so I, example, yeah, that's so yeah. Go ahead. For example, the exercise that I teach is to read out loud. It's a fantastic exercise to read out loud in a foreign language, but a lot of people go like. I, what are you talking about? I'm not five. I can read. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so I guess, okay. So what we need to do, both of us, is yes, we need to take this obvious, boring exercise <laughs> that yeah. people are looking at it like, what is this? What is, how is this yeah. going to help me? Right. Uh -huh. And, and somehow Make design that exercise. Yeah. In a way. That yeah, it is you're doing the boring thing, but there's one little part of it where it they see the benefit of it or something like that. Which mm -hmm. so the way I'm trying to do it, I don't know. I, I haven't quite figured that out yet. Can, you know, the but, problem is that they can see the benefit once they've done it. <laughs> to get them to do it. <laughs> well, once they've done it a certain number of times. Because yes, I, I bet you the first time they won't get it right away, right? Yeah, that's like, true too. Yeah. Some yes. people might, but most, so, that, yeah. so you have to get them to understand like how uh, like how it's benefiting them. I, I guess that's the hard part. And it, here, here's the thing. I think most, so I think we're exactly on the same page. I think most online course creators, most teachers, what they're thinking is that like, that's just the way it is. Just majority of people are just not going to do it because they're not self-motivated. And that's just the way it is, right? And it's their fault that they paid for this course and they didn't do it themselves. It's their own fault. It's not my fault. It's their fault, right? Even though I convinced them, I manipulated them to in, in order to buy my course, saying that, promising them this. And then I just say, it's your fault because you didn't do it, right? That's my problem. That's where I have the problem. So what I'm actually trying to do is, instead of saying, it's your fault for not doing it, what is this? What is something I can do to actually get more people to actually do it, right? Yeah, and then yeah. actually promise them that, right? Because you're not like because knowledge is free, right? Exactly. You can say that That's about pretty I'm much everyone in the world. People pay, people pay for content when they buy an online course, but content is free. How you work with content, the strategies to work with content, that is worth learning because we have. A, a, a problem, a global problem, which is the implementation problem. Everybody watches self-help YouTube videos. Everybody knows how to learn. Everybody knows what to do in the morning, what to, how to eat, but they, nobody implements. We have the implementation problem. <laughs> exactly. And we can't how just blame say? people for that. We can't just be like, it's their fault they didn't come to the gym. <laughs> it's their fault that they didn't, they didn't like, well, I guess it's fine if you're selling a gym membership for $20 a month where people know that that's what's happening, right? They, mm -hmm. They're voluntarily saying, I'm going to pay $20 a month. And if I, don't, if I don't come to the gym, that's my fault. That's fine. 
But what's really happening is this. Instead of charging $20 a month, or somebody can sell a book for $20, and it's their fault if they don't read and implement it. Yeah, I'm agreeing to that. I'm agreeing to paying $20 and, and saying it's my fault if I don't do it. But what's really happening is they're saying, okay, here's $20,000 and I'm going to get you fit. And then, yeah. and then when they don't come to the gym, they're saying they're blaming you. But like that, That's very, you know, that's not honest. That's, that's manipulative. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how people don't see that. Critical <laughs> <laughs> <Pretty well> thinking. Critical <laughs> <Pretty> well thinking. <laughs> you need to have it to see it. <laughs> yeah, because people, yeah. people want these things very much. And I keep learning that what people want and what people need are different things. Yeah, exactly. And people are being sold what they want. They want McDonald's. They want, you know, they want to get fit. But what they need is different. Yeah. You know what I realized? Like, I was actually at my best when I was in school. Like, when I was in high school, college. I was actually... Because at that moment, I was being forced to go to class. I was being forced mm -hmm. to do these things. I was so forced to go to the gym. Right? Yeah. But as soon as, like, now that I have complete freedom to do whatever I want, right? Like, when I was in high school, we had a gym class, right? And then, you know, I, I, I was in a volleyball team, so I played volleyball. So... It forced me to be active and it forced me to like, and I was fit, right? But now I can eat whatever I want and my parents forced me to eat healthy, right? But now I can eat whatever I want, not go to the gym if I don't want and not study anything if I want. I'm actually becoming a worse person. It's almost like, yeah. So, I mean, most of us, they don't know what's good for ourselves. We don't know what we need. We just know what we want. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. But yeah. you're talking about discipline, which is an, another yeah. important skill, self-discipline. Yeah. Knowing, knowing what, you, what you need and giving yourself what you need through discipline. Because dis a lot of people see discipline as, as I'm, I'm punishing myself with discipline. But discipline is not punishment. It's not. Yeah, you're yeah, creating yeah, not, yeah. yourself. You know? You're creating yeah, yeah, yeah. What you yourself, but not I punishment. guess that's what we're really teaching, if you really think about it. What we are trying to do is get people to do this work and do the work of doing this exercise and blah, 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 because they know that it's going to benefit them. And yeah. ultimately, that's what we're like, that's what we're really trying to sell. That's what we're really trying to figure and, out. You know, I see it in my group too. I think you worry also a little bit too much about people attending every meeting and people writing down every story because some people are going to do the exercises every week. And some people are going to do one, two, three exercises. Maybe they're going to miss 50% of the classes, but they're going to have a, some aha moment that's going to change something for them. And you're never going to know about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made, well, they that's, made that's actually that what we're changing. That In the next quarter, we're talking about that right now. Where mm -hmm. How can we design this in a way that it doesn't have to be all or nothing? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like how, you know, Some people might go to the gym once a month. It's still better than not going at all. <laughs> you know, some people can go to the gym for a month and understand that they need an individual Pilates classes and not the gym. They don't need to lift heavy because it hurts them. And they're going to leave the gym, but you're going to think that your gym is bad. But in reality, they had an aha moment and they learned what they really need and they go, they went and, get that and got that. So the same can happen. And I see it all the time when I learn a new skill. It doesn't, you don't have to necessarily complete the program 100% to learn something out of it because these That's aha true. moments are so powerful. You can, yeah. 
you can you can understand that you need to change something now and the fact that a person is walking away doesn't mean he hasn't learned anything or she hasn't learned anything it means they learned something and now they're doing something that, that needs to be done yeah and i i think that's how the courses and the these masterminds and these mentorships are helpful is that if i pay ten thousand dollars for a mastermind it's not the whole thing that helped me but Yes, I made this one connection or this one aha moment that actually completely shift shift everything. Yes. So, but I, I don't think that's what I'm trying to do at Night Out Nation, though. I'm not trying to give people a perspective change. What I'm trying to do is get them to realize why they need to practice, and then get yeah. them to actually yeah. practice. I'm trying to get people to realize the same thing that they need practice, or I call it a practice routine. They need to do to change something they do daily. They need yeah. to integrate it into their daily practice. That's, that's why I actually call it like that's why you know the reason why I keep bringing up CrossFit and you know like Peloton and those those kind of things because those are all community based, right? I think the reason why that's CrossFit true. works is because it's community based. The reason why they go there. It's not because they love the hard <laughs> workout and throwing up after work. That's not that's not why they go there. I think they go there because of the community, because they know that the people of their community is there. And and the workout is almost like secondary to that. Do you know what I mean? Have you done CrossFit yourself? No, but like I I mean yoga is the same way too. Like Baptist yoga, like most people go there, not just because of the yoga, but mm -hmm. because of the community. And mm -hmm. then the yoga is almost secondary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think people who do CrossFit, they're still motivated to get fit. They still want to get fit. They still, <laughs> and they look fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the reason why they CrossFit, you choose CrossFit over just going to the gym alone by themselves and doing it by themselves. I think yeah. it's because CrossFit has that community aspect of it where you see like a grandma doing squats <laughs> and you see like a, you know, 80 year old child doing squats and it, they're all accepted and they're all like, hey, they're cheering each other on. It's, yeah. it's one thing for you to just sit at, sit in the gym by yourself trying to do squats. But it's mm -hmm. another thing if you have these people around you that are cheering, like, come on, you can do it. Like, just one more, right? Like that that kind of community aspect of it. And you feel so, safer too because a lot of exercise and CrossFit are kind of dangerous. So you need someone to spot on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you feel safer too. I think that might be part of it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think the... That's why I, I, I'm not saying CrossFit is necessary. Probably I don't know enough about fitness to know like if there, it's because I, I I hear people saying that CrossFit is bad too. But um, I guess that's kind of like if if I tell you to just post content every day and come up with this story and exercise and every day by yourself, most likely you're not going to do it. But if you're in a group. And every time you post it, they're cheering you on, be like, oh my God, I love this. And people are like around you and kind of like helping you and supporting you. It's more, most likely going to drive you to do it. And you can say, yes, that's an extrinsic motivation. But like I said, I think you need it. If I, if I post every day on social media and my group is cheering me up, but I still get zero sales, zero new followers, I think most people are still going to be upset. <laughs> I don't think so. Because if, if, well, well, I think in, in addition to cheering people up, and you you need feedback. So I post if I post every day, but I post the same stuff every day, and I'm not changing anything, and I'm not learning anything. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Every I mean, post but, needs to be an iteration. It needs to be yes, better. Yes, the the learning needs to happen first, but I think yeah. that's a given. 
right? If you're not actually teaching anything, you're not, if your exercise is not doing anything in terms of helping them or something like that, then obviously it's useless. But think about it. So many people, like they go to the gym, they hire a coach, a coach writes a fitness plan for them, and they go and do the same fitness routine every day for weeks, for months, and they never change. Like That's true. Yeah. Nothing changes about the performance. Let me, let me ask you this, though. Yeah. Let's say somebody eats healthier and goes to the gym and do it the wrong way, right? The gym? And do they do that? Yeah. Let's say they go to the gym and they're doing squats, but they're doing it the wrong way, okay? Mm-hmm. And and they're eating healthy, mm-hmm. right? But I mean, there's like really, really like, but they're they're actually like actively counting their calories or whatever, counting their whatever it is because of, but they're doing it the wrong way, right? And they did it for a year, the, the wrong way. Don't you think that's still better than not doing it at all? If they did it the wrong way and they didn't, well, they probably are not going to get the result that they wanted. And if they don't get the result in a year, they're going to quit. That's okay. The Do you really think that if they're they're counting the calories, like like let's say I'm t- telling them to eat like this and count your calories mm-hmm. and count your macros, blah blah blah, go to the gym and just do squats every day, right? And they're they're doing it every day, and people are like, hey, blah blah blah. And let's say there is no feedback coming in, right? And the second person. They didn't, they didn't count their calories at all and never went to the gym. <laughs> you really think that a year later they're going to be at the same place? I think the person who ate healthier and went to the gym, they're going to also be able to give feedback to themselves. They're going to notice that, oh, I'm feeling yes, better. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So and this I think feedback the, will matter more. Yeah. I Even think if they're the, doing it wrong. Yeah. That's why I think posting every day for a certain amount of time is so helpful even if they're doing it wrong because the human brain is so phenomenal that you, the human brain is so amazing that if you keep doing something wrong over and over and repeatedly over and over it'll fix itself it'll recognize that what you're doing wrong and you'll start to recognize then you'll start to make tweaks on your own even without a feedback no i don't agree with you here so let me tell you a story <laughs> Let me tell you a story. I danced tango. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to a tango school f- to learn to dance the tango, the, to learn to dance. And then all you do is you go to milongas. These are dance parties mm-hmm. where you dance with different partners, where everybody just dances. Nobody corrects you. Nobody gives you feedback. You dance the way you dance. Mm-hmm. And I went to a tango school maybe for half a year. And then I decided, okay, I'm good. I'm just going to go to milongas and dance. Mm-hmm. And my tango teacher once saw me. <laughs> on, at a party and he was like well do you realize that all you're doing is you're becoming excellent at your mistakes I was like, <laughs> because he saw me dance he saw me make all those mistakes because i obviously you know wasn't good enough but i was good i was not good enough i was able to perform certain moves and i kept mm-hmm. practicing those moves incorrectly you're doing it wrong you're he just practicing. told me you continue dancing <laughs> yeah. like this it's going to yeah. be so difficult to unlearn yeah. Yeah. So doing the wrong thing over and over again is only going to lead In that to context, people. I 100% agree. You're right. Like, You're some people do the Some people do the workout wrong, <laughs> and they did it so wrong that it's almost <laughs> harder to fix it rather than like somebody who's starting from scratch. Like yeah. it's, it's harder to teach the person who's been doing it wrong. 
Well, when a person right. learns a language and they keep practicing or they keep mispronouncing a word for so long that they yeah. don't even hear that. And then it's so hard to unlearn that habit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So but, I, but you but you you don't think that okay. So let me give you another example. I think Let's what say, you're trying to say, it will work if a person has self-reflection skills, if a person is used No, no, like I'm just talking about it for everyone. Let's okay. let me give you an example. Let's say one person is reading you know new like they're both non-native speakers, non-native English speaker. But one person is reading out loud something mm -hmm. every day. And, yeah. or, or maybe not just reading, but I mean, I don't know if it works with reading, but I know it 100% works with writing. If, you, okay. if anybody mm -hmm. wants to be a writer, mm -hmm. you just write bad every day. <laughs> a yes. year later, you'll be a better writer. Do you understand what I mean? And I don't know how that happens, but it happens. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yes. If you write badly, you're going to figure out a way to write better. Absolutely. Especially if you read too, if you read other people's work. If you, but yeah. with reading out loud in a foreign language, I can tell you, people read incorrectly for long enough and they quit because they don't see a point. They yeah. don't see the progress and they internalize their bad mistakes. And it's so it gets even more difficult for them. So most of my students now say, oh, I finally got it. Practice makes perfect is bullshit. It doesn't work. Only perfect practice makes perfect. <laughs> so they say, I want to but, practice. But, but, you, practice. but you realize how that's not true when it comes to writing. Because if you yeah, just, even if you do it. But and however, it's the same in design. If you design badly, but if you, if you, if you say I'm, I suck in design, right? And I tell them to design 100 websites. <laughs> by the 100th time, they're going to get better. Even if they're. Do you, no matter how, like, even if they don't get feedback or anything like that. I think we're talking about the same thing, but just different using different language. You say yourself that, and I agree with you, that 80% of writing is editing. So when you say a writing, you actually imply editing, right? So if a person just you're writes... You're talking about self-feedback. I'm giving kind of a... In some tasks, I can give myself feedback, but in other... Yes, but I mean, if a person things, just yeah. writes, writes, writes every day, but never edits their writing, are they going to get better? If they never edit their writing, if they just write a page and just leave it and then write a page and never work on it, never look at it, never edit it. I don't think they're going to get really good. That's at writing. a really good point. <laughs> because I, I, I do think that, yeah. I mean, I think that I, I don't know to answer your question, but I think there will be a huge difference between the person that edited their writing versus who didn't edit their writing. If they write and Definitely. they never look at it and they never use it. They're never going to learn anything. They need to edit to learn to write better. At least read their work out loud. Yeah. At least hear it. Yeah. No, and it's the same thing with content creation. Because I, actually, there are people that I know that did the 100 day challenge, but 100 days later, their content is still garbage. Yes. And I'm looking <laughs> like, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, can't you see that, like, this isn't working? Like, why wouldn't you? I, I think, okay, here, I'll, I'll correct my statement. So I think what they need to do is they need to, even if they're doing it wrong, they need to do it every day and they need to look at their previous content and improve one tiny little yes. thing. They need to iterate. Without that, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. You're... Yes. But can you see the problem with online courses now? So what people yeah. do is they think, I'm just going to do one lesson every day 
because this mm -hmm. course is supposed to take me three months. Mm -hmm. They never go back to the previous lessons. They never mm -hmm. analyze them. They just do one lesson a day and they assume Oh my gosh, I you just gave me an idea. <laughs> That's the thing that I need to add in Night Owl Nation is I need to add part of the exercise has to be now go back to like the exercise from a month ago yes, or go back to, to if, if we're doing posting, go back to your post from last week yes. and analyze what what's one thing you can improve from that. I always do this with my students. Yeah. Yes. They need to go back. They need to see what changed because then they see themselves yeah. and they appreciate the work they did so much. But with yeah. most online courses, people assume that they're going to watch 24 video lessons and they're going to learn something. Never. It's never going to happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. They never even analyze what they're yeah. doing. But they think that, oh, I'm doing it every day for three months. I'm practicing. No, they're doing the same mm -hmm. thing every day for three months and nothing is going to happen. Yeah. And that's the problem that I, I, I think that's the, that's the one part that's missing in Night Owl Nation right now is the the analysis of your <laughs> your old work. <laughs> See, like, okay, this was like I knew it. This, I knew this was gonna help me somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah, people, yeah. Those people who did the work, those people who wrote the stories, they're gonna see a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, because I I do because well, you know how I say I repost content from six months ago. Mm -hmm. So whenever I go back to my carousel from six months ago and I try to repost it, I'll, you know, I'll quickly look at it. I'm like, oh, no, I can't repost this because this is garbage. Like it, exactly. I always notice something that I did wrong and I rewrite it. And then six oh months God, later, I, watch, I look. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. When I watch my older YouTube videos, I go like, who is this person? <laughs> my pronunciation yeah. has changed. The way I speak has changed. Yeah. Even though at that moment, I thought I was amazing. <laughs> Six months later, when I look back, I'm like, oh, my God, this sucks. <laughs> yes, 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 that's true. But and then you, then you appreciate the effort you put in and you mm. want to continue. And that brings you joy. Yeah, actually, yeah, that that really gives me the more sense of accomplishment than anything yeah. else, I think. that. Yes. And also, that's what happened to me when I started going to the gym. Mm -hmm. it's, it wasn't until three months in I started to see the change in my body is what kept me going. Like, but the first three months was basically just, oh, I hate this shit. After, what happened after three months? Because three months later, I can actually see the change in my body. Right? Yeah, but did you continue after three months? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that actually got me excited to go uh -huh. to the gym. Okay. But before it. that, I was like, this is, this is useless. Oh, this is, like, I hated it, right? But then there was a moment when I noticed the difference, and I think that's maybe that's why people say, because people say that you should measure that every, like when you go to workout, you should keep track of like how much you're lifting and then you, you increase mm -hmm. that by a certain amount and you can, you can measure that and you like weigh yourself, you measure your, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And that probably really helps you because then you can kind of like literally see the progress you're making. People versus. want immediate gratification. They wear gadgets, you know, they put step on a scale. They want to see immediate results. And that's why all these gadgets might pulse. But in fact, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you do it for three months, at least. <laughs> this is what <laughs> you know? But, but how do you get them? I guess the, the question is, how do you get them to do it for three months? Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. And maybe you the know, gadgets how, help in that way. This is how what this is how I talk to myself. Uh, mm -hmm. I like. It's an exercise. You can try this as well. Think of five skills you've learned in your life. Maybe how to drive a car, how to create content, you know, how to sell. Five things. And think how long did it take you to learn 
each skill five months 12 months so and then what's the average of five when i did this exercise i took five skills i looked at how long it took me to learn e each skill to learn i means from i'm a complete beginner to i can do it with my eyes closed that's how long and my average number was nine months so i need at least nine months to learn a skill and I know that the first three, four months is going to be difficult because the first 200 iterations are usually super bad. <laughs> so if I'm learning a new skill and I suck at it and it's two, it's been two and a half months, I tell myself, okay, has it been three months yet? No, it's too early to get upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, because I know that's physiology. That's the law of physics. That's, that's just life. That's how it's going to work all the time. But if a, it's been more than three months and I'm still not enjoying it, then maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. But the first three months, I know that it's supposed to be hard. It, some things take more than three months, I think. Yes. Like for example, playing the piano. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> well, if you're a kid, I think it takes less. But if you're an adult, yes, it takes longer. Absolutely. Yeah. There are certain things that are, you know, they're like, I think there's a barrier of entry for for most skills. Like, for example, if you want to learn how to ski, mm -hmm. I think in the first day, you can you can have that point where you say, this is fun. I'm going to keep yeah. doing it, right? But if you give up in the half a day, obviously, you're, you're never going to do it, right? And depending on how fit you are, you're going to enjoy it differently, too. So you can That's wake true. up all sore, you know, and then it's not fun yeah. anymore. <laughs> but but you, you you know what I mean by there are certain things that this is what I think for every skill that you want to learn. Like, for example, playing a guitar, driving a car, whatever mm -hmm. it is. I think there's a barrier of entry. And once you hit that, there's a certain part where you hit that mark and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I get it now. And then from that point on, like it becomes fun and you can keep improving on, you know, but then, yeah. and, but then that barrier of entry is different for different, different activities. Like, like I said, it's if I try to learn math today, I think mm -hmm. this, I'm never going to learn it because I'm just so bad at it. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> but uh, you should learn a skill that you actually want to apply in your everyday life. Then it's yeah. doable. I, I don't think people yeah. should try to learn everything because that's also becoming fashionable and, and kind of all successful people need to read 100 books a year and learn many skills. It's just not sustainable. You need to focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, th and that's kind of how it is for you. Like, for example, like your students, their goal is to be fluent in English, let's say, for example, and they, they want their to be goal able to... Is to is different. Their goal is to build a career in a global company. Their goal is to make more money. Their oh, so they don't is... even care if they're fluent in English or not. No, they're... they know that being fluent in English is what's going to get them there. They must be because they live in an English speaking country now and they must conform or they must... You know... No, no. Yeah. So, so, so then therefore, I think they know that Okay, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think people can learn anything unless there's a reason behind why they know yes. why they're learning it, exactly. right? So that's why like kids hate math because they don't <laughs> understand like how is this going to help me in life, right? <laughs> Whereas in like if you go to a filmmaking school and you're teaching they're teaching you how to use an editing software even if it's hard, you can clearly see the connection between how this is going to help me be become a better filmmaker. But like, with children, too, the teacher's personality plays a huge role. Uh, and a teacher is supposed to get children interested in the subject. That's yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's our real job yeah. is actually to show them 
like get them to get interested in it. But I think in order to get them to be interested, they have to know the reason why. Like right now, the only reason why is because, oh, so I can get an A. But that's why yeah. like people who grew up in homes where they, their parents don't care about grades, they don't really care about their grades. They're not going to do well in school because that's literally their only reason why they're learning something is the grade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, so, and if a person doesn't see how or in what way they can apply it in their life, they're also not going to be motivated long enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's what we need to figure out. What, how can we show the people coming in who don't, doesn't see the point of these exercises? How can we connect the dot between that and what they're actually trying to achieve so they can they can understand I think what, what we should never stop doing is leading by example absolutely and analyzing your own journey and showing people because you know people are not motivated because or most people are not motivated because they can't see there for example people who want to become fluent in english and their english skills yeah. are average they don't even know what it's like they've never been there they don't and they can't touch it it's just an abstract idea to them just like people who have never had a hundred thousand followers on instagram they don't know what it's like so for them it's like an abstract idea but when they see someone who has it and someone who didn't have it it's like you were not born with this and you with this yeah, yeah, yeah i see what you mean yeah, yeah. but that's why i think this is important i think they need to see their peers do it yeah so for example if you're in night owl nation they need to see somebody who's who's been in Night Owl Nation for six yeah. months, who grew their Instagram and who's good at storytelling. And that's mm -hmm. the, that's one of the reasons why I share like story, like I, I'll share your story or something like that. Story of the day is because once they see their peers doing it, mm -hmm. then they're like, oh, I can do it too. Yeah, but, that's what but I'm if doing. If they look too. at me, yeah. they're going to be like, oh. It's possible. It's possible yeah. because I can do it. Yeah. yeah. But if, if it's just me, I don't think that's going to work because people are going to be exactly. like, yeah, son can do it, but I can never do that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> that's important. Yeah. People need to know that it's possible. And, you know, the human motivation is not like, I want this, but I want this too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I want this too. <laughs> I guess it's it's kind of like, um, yeah, it's, it's the social aspect of it. Like, because uh, mm -hmm. other people are doing it, uh, I want that too. Like, and nobody in the world is doing it. Are, if other people are doing yeah. it, it also means it's possible. Maybe it's possible for me too. Actually, that's the only reason I believed in myself and I had enough faith to 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 learn English that well because I saw another guy who was not who was local but who spoke English like he was American. He, he oh, showed okay. me that it was possible, and he inspired me when I was eighteen years old. I met a person who showed me that it's possible. That's so true. Like what? You have to be able to see for yourself that it's possible for me too. Yes. And once that happens, that's, and, and I think that's why, you know, that, that exercise that I gave my developers, like week one, like uh, they need to be able to see that, oh, I figured this out on my own. Yeah. Of course, like I'll guide them too, but they have to see that they figure it out for themselves. Then they're going to be like, oh, it's possible. And then they get to that. Yeah, that's true. They need to see that it's possible. <laughs> so I guess we can't, we don't, we, we need to both figure it out, figure it out. Yeah. We don't have the answer to the question yet. <laughs> yeah. But this was really helpful. Like I think the, I, I think um, 
I mean, for me, it was definitely helpful. I don't know about you. <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, it was an insightful conversation. Yes, thank yeah. you. Just, just like, I guess what the takeaway is that we both need to figure it out and the way to do it is through iterations. Is Absolutely, yes. And to show people that it's possible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to talk about? I know we just got kind of sidetracked in our conversation, but... <laughs> No, no, really. I just, I just, I, I wish you a lot of success, and I hope it grows, and uh, I hope you, you, you feel a sense of accomplishment with this, and you feel uh -huh. fulfilled with it because you're doing something great, and I wish more people did that. Yeah, thank you so much. I, I mean, I, I, I already feel fulfilled doing it. Mm -hmm. I, I like the act of doing it, so that's why I, 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 I'm not really worried about hitting that goal because. I just yeah. like doing it every day. So, and I wish the same for you. I I, I hope that Thank you're gonna you. figure out how to get people to, you know, like practice English and all of that, and like you know, basically the same thing that I'm trying to figure out. And and the fact that we're doing it together, like you know, I'm sure we'll we'll feed off of each other and we'll share ideas and yeah, and improve my, my together message, that way. I'm I'm trying to tell people don't. Stop wanting to learn English one day. Start practicing it every day because that's the only way <laughs> you have to practice. Yeah, it. yeah. No, and and I think that's the same thing for me. It's just really, literally, the same message for me. Like, mm -hmm. don't don't think of it as like, oh, it's a skill that I need to get. It's it's not, like I I'm practicing storytelling every day. Yeah, like I if said, you stopped practicing I'll... five years ago, what would you have to teach today? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, like I said, I, I go back to my post from six months ago, and I'm like, "Wow, that's terrible." That means I'm I, even I'm learning every yes, day. I'm learning right? all the time too. Yeah. Yes. So great talking to you. Such an insightful, such a deep conversation. Um, I think so many people will Likewise, find it helpful. I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> great talking to you, and hope I see you this Sunday. And yes, yes, I hope to see you cheers. too. I watch every replay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you and thank you all for listening. Um, we'll see you all next week and cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye.